It's just plain wrong that getting a good night's sleep is so hard. You know, sleep doesn't have to be this hard. There is a faster way to get better sleep. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered. I'm Dr. Bond, and I'm a licensed psychologist. And I'm Dr. Satuni, and I'm a board-certified sleep and pulmonary physician. And we're here to talk to you about sleep advice without a pill. This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes. This podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice. Podcasts are not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health conditions need to be individualized with the healthcare provider. Sleep Takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations. So help your friends sleep better. Share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, Michelle, good. Glad to be back recording another episode. So. Yeah, last night I was at a really fun party. Oh. And I got talking to a um, an emergency room doctor. Uh-huh. And uh, I have an upcoming talk that I'm going to be giving uh-huh. to a society about um, just just really wacky work schedules. Mm, I love it because there's crazy versions out there like of, of work and shift schedules. So Yeah, so I thought we should like, you know really talk about what Mm -hmm. shift work is and what it does Mm -hmm. for your body absolutely well and i think it might be helpful too to start with like what like there's so many different types of shifts out there like it's not just like i feel like it used to be like just like the graveyard shift but it's not that anymore it's a lot have you done any like traveling recently um no actually well i did most of my mind towards the beginning of the summer and then it's like petered off at this point yeah so but i've not but I know it's similar to time zone changes with shift work. So, yeah, I just, you know, we, I think at some other point we had talked about just different hacks that you can do for, um, for traveling. So I really like my hack of, uh, making my own little like slumber pod uh-huh. and with the ear, earplugs and an eye mask and things uh-huh. like that. So when I was preparing for even just working with shift work, you know, I give, I give lectures to even all the hospitals for uh-huh. their, uh, their people who work in interesting shifts at the hospitals, yeah. um, about just really making that space and that time for sleep and not having to completely contain your environment. Mm-hmm. And I think the the misnomer out there is, you know, let's say if you are doing shifts that you have to have like the blackout blinds and the mm-hmm. soundproof rooms and you know it's just not realistic. Right. Well, yeah, especially like healthcare settings like yeah. And and I would say this is where like especially setting settings where there can literally be shifts running 24 hours a day, like this is where a lot of um a lot of my clients that I've worked with before who have had shift work usually in the situations of where they have to get up super, super early for work. So getting up at like maybe three, four o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning, um, as well as some clients that work the really, really late shift. Mm-hmm. So don't go into work until like either eight, nine o'clock at night. Some some don't even go until like 11 at night. And then saying, oh my gosh, my sleep is horrible. And yeah, we'll talk about some some tips and suggestions on that. But so tell us more about these shifts. Okay, so what you first want to understand is that there's actually no unified definition on what shift work is, okay? <laughs> but I thought everybody knew what that meant, shift so work. So in the literature, there is no unified definition. So it includes things like people's work schedules varying somewhere between 12 and 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So think about uh, certain positions in the hospital yep. or... Or your um, Amazon delivery driver. <laughs> paramedics, firemen. Yep. 
Um, there's also something called rotating shifts. Mm-hmm. So that is, yes, you work set amount of hours, but it rotates. So, you know, one week or one day you might be on a day shift and then another day of that week or um, changing later in that week, you shift you switch to a different shift and this can be really helpful for certain um certain types of positions Mm -hmm. you know maybe that um you're doing like a handoff of sorts Mm -hmm. where someone else is taking over for your activities so that no one's on that quote unquote that bad shift right so there's that then there's these fixed shifts with nights nights and evenings and this is the person that i was talking to this is what they do so mm-hmm. you they mostly work days but three to four days a month then they're handed this evening or overnight type Ooh, of shift yeah. um, and that overnight one is going to be less total amounts of days that people are doing that mm-hmm. but longer hours at a time when they do it Mm. So it doesn't sound super fun, Um, but there's also roster work. Okay. And so this Mm -hmm. is, you have an entire system that's already set up. You have to cover 24 hours. This, this is how um, a lot of machine places and factories Mm work where they just plug you in. So you, you say what days you can't work on a certain shift and then they just plug you in where they need you. Mm. So it's called roster work. And then there's these unpredictable work schedules. And these are those, the, the per DM type of work schedules. So, oh. so think about maybe, um, the person who drives for Uber or someone mm. who is, um, maybe a person who manages a Airbnb. Yeah. So it depends on when people are checking in and out yep. if people are late. So, so unpredictable. It can entirely. include any of these. Okay. What I will tell you is that your body does not work on this shift. Okay. Mm, but I thought you mean even though our employers want us to be these shifts, our bodies don't adapt. Our bodies are literally. Uh, we talked about on another episode. It, we're just trying to keep ourselves from having pain mm-hmm. or having uh, injury. Right. Okay. So what our bodies don't understand um, about our like work that we're going to get paid for is where these hormones are going to be released, Mm -hmm. when we're going to have time for our immune function to sit in, Mm -hmm. when we're going to have time for our kind of rest and restore for our neurologic system. It just can't do that willy nilly. It has to have a a certain pattern with it. So shift work has been associated with a bunch of chronic illnesses, including mental illness, but also cardiovascular disease, Mm -hmm. gastro type of diseases, metabolism. Um, But also think of things like preterm labor which is very hormone Mm -hmm. dependent and cancers so that does not sound like a a lovely endorsement for shift work no i mean this was really uh something that was brought out by the industrial revolution Mm -hmm. and it's something that's been perpetuated by our non-24 hour um, schedule of of how we've grown accustomed to living our lives Mm -hmm. But you know what? At the end of the day, shift work really drives some very unhealthy habits. Mm-hmm. Um, it can strain relationships. And um, there's been a lot of research that's focused on this because organizations, um, whether they're unionized or not, but organizations really are looking to the care of the people in their organization mm-hmm. and to try and improve their general health. You know why? Because it's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive not to control people's health. Yeah. Okay. So when you talk about like the numbers of people, do you think that it's our country, the United States, or other countries that does more shift work? Hmm. I kind of want to say like a, maybe America does more because, you know, we love that whole gig gig economy type of thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. in the United States, it's estimated that one in three people is going to be doing shift work. Oh, wow. Um, and in some fields, it's a lot more. So they estimate somewhere around 8.6 million Americans uh -huh. are doing a form of shift work. Wow. In Europe, it's about um, 18, 20%. Um, and that was before the pandemic. So they also say that one in four people in uh, worldwide and maybe even an outside of a traditional shift work. So, mm -hmm. you know, when they're talking about traditional like work hours, that mm -hmm. might be like bankers hours. Right. Uh, I don't know anyone who's really working bankers hours anymore, including bankers. Right. Uh, because of this 24 hour. But it, it well, is. Well, I think the federal parts of the federal government still have that bankers hour. Right, but, but so yeah. they do, and yet right. because of the work from home that happened with the yeah. pandemic, they are they are still working at the same amount of hours, but they are not required to work in the constraints of those times. Mm. So uh, maybe it's it's coming back down, but I would say yeah. as a lot more people, even in jobs that traditionally, mm -hmm. you know that that's the hours that they're working, right. they're still it's much more open. But really, if you think about it, it is required that that human beings are going to work shifts that are outside of their regular circadian pathway, mm -hmm. and they're going to be asked to stay awake during times that their bodies really want to sleep. Yep. So these are technical jobs, uh, people in economic sector and outside service. Mm -hmm. But we do this a lot TV, to ourselves. Yep. Yeah, we do it a lot to ourselves because if people are going to purchase things and get them to deliver it with, like you mentioned, with the Amazon mm -hmm. delivery drivers, the crazy fast times in four hours, they can get anything. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the new thing on the app? It's like deliver the overnight delivery. It'll show up at your front door at like four o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> happened before. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm one of these people that I don't want to perpetuate it. I try and go long. But at some times you I really need that cell phone case to protect um, your cell phone. Yeah, I think you'd have to like break up with Amazon if you didn't really want to perpetuate it. I don't know. It. So there was one time I <laughs> didn't have a cell phone case and i uh -huh. literally just like wrapped it in bubble wrap oh my gosh <laughs> that doesn't surprise me though phone. you're you're pretty like you're you can create things i you know yeah. i probably am you're living at the wrong time yeah so um you know there's some research that says that you know, that pr predating the 1980s there were many less women in the workforce particularly women that would be high risk for cardiovascular mm -hmm. disease and also um, menopausal women were not mm -hmm. in the workforce as much as they are now. We're living sure. longer, we're working longer. And, and there's more opportunities for women now, which is great. And single family incomes, yep. you know, so it's mm -hmm. there. So I found in, and I'll put a link to it, it's, it's a PowerPoint that I put up, but it's um, a screenshot of a, I guess, a flow chart that really talks from about the environmental health on the circadian stress of the body. So they break it down into psychologic stress, a behavioral stress, and then mm. a physiologic stress. So mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the physiologic stress first because I think that's that really gets into that whole metabolism thing. But your body needs a way to deal with inflammation and mm -hmm. doing this stress this uh like physiologic stress being up when your body really wants to be asleep causes more inflammation and it affects your blood clotting mm -hmm. um and it also makes your blood pressure and your heart rate vary more than it would mm -hmm. so they talk about dipping your heart rate you want your heart rate to dip at night so 
when you're you know running around and stuff during the day your heart rate can stay elevated when you actually sleep you want your heart rate to go down and you don't really want it to have these huge spikes so even people who get to sleep and just be on call when the phone rings or when you know your phone pings at night Mm -hmm. with a notification your your heart rate will kind of surge up and that's not very good for you that's the whole thing you know if it comes back to uh using biofeedback and looking at heart rate variability Mm -hmm. that actually the the elasticity of that is really what you want to to be a little bit more consistent versus rapid swings and that kind of heart rate variability from yeah, you have muscles yeah. in mm-hmm. in these blood vessels and they can respond back to mm-hmm. very slight changes in right. um in the diameter of yeah. of the the blood vessel wall. So that's a physiologic stress at the mm-hmm. cellular level. Um the behavioral stress does uh, get affected by things that you do as a result of mm, your, your schedule. Work. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing that you think about um, sometimes is... You mean like consuming large amounts of caffeine? Well, is- <laughs> about how much time you actually dedicate for your quality and your quantity of your sleep. Right. Um, some of the behaviors like your eating habits and mm. how much you smoke or don't smoke mm-hmm. uh, to try and keep you up. And then your amount of physical activity. Yep. Um, or in the case of a lot of shift workers, the physical amount of inactivity because a lot of these positions, they are standing there and watching either the machines or mm-hmm. watching monitors. Yep. And then there's the psychologic stress that relates to, you know, work-life balances, maybe other people in the household that are not doing shift work. Yeah. And then um, that recovery period from work. So if you're working overnight, your main sleep period is going to be where everybody else is at your house. Yeah. So. Absolutely. They it's all kind of relate to effects on your body. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, the, the funny thing with, uh, we talked a little bit about just diet is, your body does not want you to eat right before you go to sleep. Um, and yet, if you're going to be working at night, your body does not want to be deprived of the extra food during mm-hmm. the night. So you're going to be eating when your body is trying to rest and digest yeah. physiologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends up creating a lot of uh, interesting habits mm-hmm. um, and these kind of grab-and-go foods. But you change over, especially if, if your shift at work that you're working is consistently at night. Mm-hmm. You're shifting over to feeding yourself when your gut is is going to utilize a lot less of that of those nutrients yeah so um what end up people doing it to to try and keep their weight balanced is they tend to skip meals Mm -hmm. or they tend to become a little bit more dehydrated Uh, and then there's it's almost a fad now as far as this intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. but doesn't even know when it's supposed to be fasting and when it's supposed to be be active but um at the same token if you're trying to eat during the day to metabolize more you're not going to want to eat and then lay down flat and then start having reflux type of issues yep or it's uh, i've also seen this too where you get off the shift maybe your shift ended and it's like six o'clock in the morning seven o'clock in the morning and you're like well now it's time for me to eat dinner and then go to bed until your next shift starts you know later that night at you know 8 p.m yeah Yeah. so there's this there's this idea about people that do shift work tend to be healthier workers what do you think that means so it's Mm. called the healthy worker effect i don't know if i agree with that so 
the healthy worker effect kind of goes with this whole premise that if you are not healthy enough Mm -hmm. to do this type of work, you will not be able to do it and you will actually drop out of that, that subset of people that are able to sign up for this. Right. So what you find though, and exactly you get to this is, is it's not really the healthier people that are doing this. Mm -hmm. It's the people that need to do it the most. Absolutely. Okay. Right. And what's happening is they're getting sick. Sure. And they're having major illness and injury mm-hmm. at, in the workplace. Right. Um, but when they can't do the shift work and they leave that area of shift work, and again, it could be as little as you know a, a year or two, or it could be decades worth. Mm-hmm. Now they become patients or um, you know metabolic type of cripples. Yeah, yeah, right. The the health effects have caught up with them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So um, your body is different at different times of your life Mm -hmm. so there's a lot to be said about that healthy worker effect meaning that we're we're studying people that are actually are younger and healthier in general Mm -hmm. and that the more that we keep studying them we're going to be studying them into their unhealthy period and so we're actually not studying that same person Mm -hmm. do you think that it's easier for younger people in general to adapt to these shifts than older people oh my god yes like exactly why like you could i used to be able to pull all-nighters like when i was younger i cannot do that anymore so they're studying Mm -hmm. on like what how long exactly is it is it two years is it five years Mm -hmm. and so what really what they found in as little as two years it can make it can make your body age five to ten years um and that there's not really a set thing for everybody Mm -hmm. but um a lot of the women it's it tends to be worse and maybe it's a hormonal issue um but they're finding that men are not scot-free either sure so shift workers generally are younger because of that healthy healthy worker effect but there's a lot of co-founding factors that are in there so what I think is really interesting about shift work is you have to get a definition to be able to change anything. Mm-hmm. And until they decide on on that definition, it's going to be really hard to come up with some changes. But um, in other countries, they're trying to help combat some of the factors. Like we'll take take one, for example, of the inactivity. So what they're doing is changing all the desks to be active active workplaces so you had mentioned about purchasing a a chair that was more of an exercise ball Mm -hmm. type of chair yeah yeah i love it (laughs) so what they did was they purchased stand-up desks Mm -hmm. and they found that that helped decrease people's metabolic risk factors so it decreased waist circumference decreased people's weight because they even like the the american like office cubicle is so like horrible for your health like just sitting in a chair for eight hours is mm. Yeah. Well, looking at a screen in general, you know, right, really right, does that. Right. Um, but they're like also, our work is killing us, Michelle. They're also trying to say is maybe screen people earlier. Yeah. Um, or have them work with a dietitian or an app that mm-hmm. might be a little bit healthier for them to yeah. to work on. So that could be pretty. I think the real pretty low hanging fruit. Yeah, it could be. I think the real challenge with this shift work is I don't think anybody volunteers for shift work. Oh, but they all volunteer. <laughs> they all volunteer. So this is this is the whole idea is the hospitals entice with extra added incentives or less shifts by paying them that differential. Right. The problem is, is that differential is not going to cover them for no. their medical issues. Right, right. Like or, that's, the, yeah. or the like behavioral lifestyle factors that happen. Yeah, right, exactly. I think that's the piece. Like this... 
this shift work model exists from a, a business business kind of need perspective. And I'm not saying it should go away per se. I mean, you know, I think there's valid needs for 24 hour care in a hospital. Like, I don't, I don't think that part's going to change, but I think that the demand for it is not out there from a naturally occurring source. I think the demand is coming from like a business need for it. So, yeah. So some of the things that, um, again, if I ran the world that mm -hmm. I would do is, um, is by age 50, maybe earlier for some of the careers, mm -hmm. um, there would be no night shift workers for those people. They just oh, yeah, can't yeah. accommodate to the changes. Um, I would also say that it would be important to offer screening uh, mm -hmm. before age 40 when normal mm -hmm. cardiovascular risks are being monitored by age 40 so that you can catch people earlier mm -hmm. uh, before they start having actual medical, you know, medical mm -hmm. conditions. And, um, and the other part is not offering them more money, but offering them better kind of health financial and uh, health incentives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe mm -hmm. the gyms and things like that. The problem is when you offer more money is you're going to get that person that really can't afford not to right. take the overnight shifts. And they're the people that are going to drop dead at, at their job. Right. Like, I wonder if, like, could you, could you run a study where you, as part of the shift work, you encourage somebody to do like 30 minutes on an exercise bike at the end of the shift. Or well, more importantly, you yeah. could mandate it. Right. You know, like, I wonder how that would work. Like, I wonder how that, what influence that might have on things like to counteract some of the unhealthier lifestyle aspects of what happens when you're sleep deprived and when you're wanting quick food that tends to be more calorically dense like those things well and that's this is what they're doing in countries that are not the united states is they're doing very small changes like the stand-up desks or offering mm -hmm. healthier foods or um you know basically offering longer rest breaks so that yeah. it could be a rest break instead of a instead of just a smoking break yeah this <laughs> is where our sleep pod franchise is going to come in <laughs> You know what? It just you just need some ear mask, earplugs, and a good eye mask, and you're gonna mm -hmm. be good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so definitions first, and then mm -hmm. really incentivizing people not on uh, not financially incentivizing people to work overnights, but actually having yeah. an equitable right. equitable um, amount of uh, work compensation. Absolutely. And I mean, and we do have some tips for people that are in shift work right now. Okay, that, let's go. Let's that, talk about you know, the shift. You might, you might be one of those people that are like, you know what, hey, I get paid a little bit more or maybe it works for my schedule better and so I got to do it. So I got these, we have these broken down into two types, the fixed kind of, you know, shift work or the swing kind of shift versus rotating. Um, and for a fixed kind of swing shift, you really want to try and maintain that consistent schedule across both a shift that, or day that you have your shift as well as your off days. And ideally, you want to kind of set a nighttime period relatively quickly after your shift kind of ends. So, um, and if you, if you need to kind of take naps, so this is one where napping is a little bit kind of less clear in terms of like shift work. Yeah, they call it a preparatory nap. Yep, you got it. And so you want to kind of schedule some naps up to 90 minutes prior to the start of the shift. Again, because ideally the shift is when you need to be cognitively alert and awake. Um, important to note about caffeine here too, because while it might reduce your sleepiness, um, it really doesn't necessarily improve productivity and you're going to develop tolerance relatively quickly. So the idea of it, you might want to kind of maybe keep the caffeine only in when you need it 
if that makes sense for also X is a mild diuretic mm-hmm. and people are generally more dehydrated. Yep. So you got it. Chase the other it. one key the ones that we've talked about before, leveraging light exposure. So seeking bright light during the shift. Um and and reducing that light exposure before the shift ends um, and then minimizing your exposure to light later so this is a good example of those people that their shift is ending at like seven o'clock in the morning and the sun is rising and you know you're getting all these alerting signals you might want to have a hat sunglasses you know those types of things on to reduce your reactivity to those alerting signals um, until you can get home and then kind of go to, to sleep. Yeah, I mean, they've done a number of studies that are showing that after working a full shift, um, and again, that's not clearly defined all the times, might be eight eight hours, might be 12 hours, might mm-hmm. be 24 hours, but driving home with not getting adequate amount mm-hmm. of sleep is like driving under the influence of a blood alcohol of 0.08. Mm-hmm. So um, you can be held culpable and liable for any sort of accident or injury. So nope. um, depending on your level of alertness, how much you were able to sleep on that shift, having a very safe place to have that nap and maybe not go to sleep right when you get home mm-hmm. um, but really try and get a, a good portion of sleep in there so that you're not sleepy driving yep absolutely and then for rotating shifts um, ideally you want to kind of seek or request shifts that rotate progressively later and ideally try and shift your sleep schedule in tandem with that work schedule um, you also want to seek a request to kind of some rest or at least maybe two days of rest between kind of that rotating shift Um, And then kind of follow the same kind of napping and kind of caffeine guidance we talked about a little bit earlier. And then as always, again, recognizing when you want your body to be alert and awake, using the environment to support that. And when you do not want it to be alert and awake, trying to reduce those alerting signals too. With the caveat that clearly you want to be very alert if you're driving a car or operating machinery in some capacity. Great ships. Yep, absolutely. All right, Michelle, this is super fascinating. All right. Well, I hope that you guys can uh, accommodate your your shift schedule so it doesn't affect your sleep. Absolutely. And we want you to be healthy and happy and better quality of life. So, all right. Until next time, Sleep Nation. Get some sleep. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Sleep Takeout. We hope that you found our discussion on sleep valuable. Help your friends to sleep better. You can share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Remember, Sleep Nation, sleep well, dream big, and wake up refreshed. Bye. Bye.